it's what we call the year that wasn't. It's been a tough year, the year of the pandemic, and we've just clocked in one year to the day of when the first lockdown was announced. And we're also looking at people who have been champions through this year. People who've been uh, nimble, who've adapted, some good Samaritans, and uh, one such professional right here in front of me, uh, Sorab Khushushahi, is so fit, really, is uh, today, in a lot of ways, the template for a lot of fledgling businesses. But it's not easy where he is. What's up? Good to see you. I hope I hope the family and you are safe and healthy. And most importantly, the senior citizens have taken their first jab. Hi, Rishi. Thank you so much. I mean, that was a really kind introduction. I'm not used to getting such good introductions. Mostly it's people abusing me because I'm making them suffer a bit. But thank you. That was really sweet. Yeah, but so far, everyone's good at home. Everyone's been... Uh, my parents have taken the jab, which is great, uh, which is what I wanted. For me, it's their safety first. And uh, everything else kind of goes along. I want to start by what you felt when, you know, uh, when lockdown first happened. I know when gyms shut down, when people were told that they're not going to be able to use physical spaces anymore to go out and just get fit. There was a lot of gloom in the air, but some people, notably you, just turned around and said, I'm going to use this as an advantage. So your thought process at that point in time, Sorab, and how you went about executing what you're doing today. Like everyone else, I think there was a lot of uncertainty. We've, I mean, my legal background in that sense has helped me deal with tricky situations. It kind of keeps me thinking 24-7. I was nervous when it was announced. I remember this day very clearly. We had a challenge. We've been doing online challenges way before the pandemic even started. We started in April 2019, so we already had a year up on online challenges. And I know my challenge was starting, our challenge was starting on the 16th of March. I remember this very clearly. And on the 13th of March, I was running a camp at uh, St. Andrews. Uh, it was my boot camp class and it was in the evening. And just 15 minutes before I got to camp, my team called me up in like the state of panic and said, listen, boss, they're announcing lockdown. Everything's going to shut from Monday. What are we going to do with our challenge? Right? Our challenge wow. at that point, people still went into gyms and we had people signed up. There were lots of people who had signed up. My first reaction was like any other person. I was like, oh my God, how are we going to kind of sort this out? Because you know what? People have paid. And and for me, that, that means you can't slip up. Once people have kind of put their money behind it, you can't slip up. I went to camp. I ran camp like nothing had happened. In my head, I was thinking 10 different things. I went back, sat in the office with my team, and, and we had to come up with a strategy. We had two days. We had a challenge starting where every workout had weights involved. So people, I mean, across the year, people were always going to a gym to work out. So we had to figure it out. We had two days, and everyone was starting on Monday. And we started getting a lot of questions from people. And uh, I went back, sat with the team. I sat with one of our consultants and someone I respect a lot, a lady called Delna Avari. She's always kind of been there for us on the business side. And uh, we sat down and we kind of said, okay, let's make this or let's turn this into an opportunity. Right? right now, everyone's thinking, let's shut down. In our case, let's think the opposite. Let's make this and let's take this and kind of work with it and, and make it work to our advantage because we knew people would be shut down. So we sat down. I remember drafting an email at 10 in the night to every single person who had signed up to the challenge and said, listen, guys, we will give everyone a body weight option for the next 40 days, which meant I had two days to turn around the entire format of the challenge and include body weight options for everybody. And uh, if you guys want to step out, 
I am happy and willing to let you step out and defer to another future challenge when things settle down. But we didn't know when that was going to happen. At that point, I thought maybe four weeks, five weeks tops. Everything will kind of go back to normal. It didn't. And whoever wants to stay will stay, and we will make sure you are covered. So don't worry about it. Right? When it comes to food, when it comes to workout, whatever, we'll find solutions. My team was great. We sat down, we drafted that email, we sent it out, and only three people deferred. Right? We had hundreds wow. of people who signed up, and. Only three people said, "Okay, we'd rather defer." The others said, "Listen, we trust you. We know what you're doing. We trust the brand. We'll go ahead. So whatever you ask us to do, we'll do." And uh, then me and the team, we sat down, and two days we turned around the entire format. We had to change a lot of things, and we got it rolling. So we used that as an opportunity. I'll never forget that day. That day, I I believe in our business. It made me sit down and say, "Okay, do we adapt?" Or do we just falter like everyone else may falter? I don't know if everyone will, but may falter right now. It's very easy to take the easy way out, right? It's very easy to say, okay, fine, you know what? Just everyone hold on. We'll come back with a new date later, rather than kind of sitting there and saying, okay, let's let's go with the flow. Let's do this. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without my team. Not a single day would have happened without them. So all credit to them as well. Lovely. So great lessons in there for uh, anybody, even if they're not in the wellness business, just to throw yourself into the fire, <laughs> and yeah, you know I you mean, come out with a few burn marks. But uh, all in all, things do turn out well. And Sophit's principle in that aspect, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like you to explain it. You know, because it's just gone through the roof, man. I mean, you have people like Alia Bhatt and Kiara Advani all going online talking about how much you've you've helped them transform their life. So for people who are still living under a rock, your principle as far as wellness, nutrition, and fitness is concerned. It's a very simple principle. Keep things simple. Right? I follow this. It's called the Kiss principle. Keep it super simple, right? <laughs> and uh, it's just that you've got to. I, I honestly believe, and I spoke to someone long back, and we were having a discussion, and we were talking about business and how do you grow it and what do you do. And the one thing I always remember, kind of kept coming back as a message, is if you want to kind of scale, you want to do well, you've got to make it simple because complicated stuff works to a certain extent. After a point, how many people will do advanced, crazy stuff without injuring or hurting themselves? So the idea was let's keep it simple. Let's make sure people have fun. Let's make it really accessible so everyone can do it, and uh, let's be there for them. Right? You know, we live in a world where. You know, you're always on your own. You're always kind of battling demons on your own. Whether it's mental health, whether it's physical, whether it's nutrition, the idea was always create that community, create a bunch of people who are working for the same goal together, and they will help each other around. Then you don't need coaches all the time. For me, my community is everything. Right? It's everything. I, I live for those people. Each and every one of them. Everyone who comes to camp. Everyone who does a challenge. Everyone who's done any program we have. I try and be there for them. I know some of them might abuse me and say I'm not, but I try. I can only do so much in a 24-hour day. But my coaches are there. Each one of them. I mean, they reach out all the time. They're always there. So for us, it's always been care about the person you're training more than they care about themselves. If you can do that. they will respect you and they will work with you and it's just it's that simple so keep it simple have fun grow that community and care about them that's about it those are my simple principles in life so rob how people reacted to the non touch and feel aspect uh, let me explain myself i mean there are those that you will set a plan for them fitness wise goal wise yeah. and food yeah. wise and they will st- yeah. stick to it or do their level best the other end of the spectrum there are people who need somebody to chaperone them or sit in their head yeah. and yeah. that often used to happen as regards in the gym setup 
personal yeah. trainers coming in and personal yeah. coaches coming in and now a lot yeah. of that has shifted online have people been as perceptive to online coaches if you assign let's let's say each one of your members has been assigned a coach mm-hmm. are they feeling the difference online are they missing the touch and feel or of the physical space I mean it's a mix of both right you can't you can't keep everyone happy i think uh, there are those who like that physical contact and sense of just having someone around we can try and replicate it as much as we want online but there's only so much you can do at the start of lockdown last year a lot of people would do online stuff online stuff online stuff and we were we were getting numbers and we still get numbers but you know there is there is a tiredness kind of setting in how much will you keep looking at a screen and have someone on the other side of the screen and work out True. it does set in and you know as a part of this business and part of this world you need to accept it it's fine it it's going to happen but people will come back right at the end of the day if they see the benefit in terms of their health and how they're doing and the fact that they're getting better they will keep coming back and for me it's more about let's just constantly engage engagement can happen it doesn't always happen physical you can be there on whatsapp you can check on them you can make sure they're okay you can pick up the phone actually the one thing i've kind of realized a lot nowadays is pick up that phone sometimes just calling and checking it could be a two second conversation are you okay is everything fine you need any help is more useful than typing things on whatsapp because you know sometimes things get lost in translation because you mean it in a certain way it's taken in a different way because they don't know how you're saying it things get lost so for me yeah it, the tiredness is setting in but hopefully you know things improve and everyone kind of goes back up but for the short term i still think that we're going to have to kind of live with the online world you know there are two aspects to fitness and wellness one is yeah. to get people fitter to build a tribe a community of people who uh, believe in wellness and fitness and the other is injury rehab which yeah. is you know a lot of people would say is just a physiotherapist job Yeah, yeah. But I see that you know you've constantly appraised your own skills and you've gone out there and uh, you do a lot of injury work too. How's your approach when people come to you with with injuries for example? I'll give you a classic example. I mean I can't do what normal people do. I have an L5S1 sciatica problem for example, which is why I'm a little loath to go to regular uh, fitness instructors and I you know I've stuck with physiotherapists but sometimes you know there's a, there's a fine line, thin dividing line. How do you deal with members who who have injuries and what is your approach towards them? I mean I'm living it right now. Right? I I tore uh, I have a grade 2 tear in my ATFL. Uh, yeah, I saw that on your Instagram ankle, feed. I saw that on your uh, Instagram feed. And yeah. I have a grade 1 tear in my PDFL. I have uh, been working on physio for the last 8 weeks and I've still been training. For me people who are injured, okay, the first thing you go to an expert for everything, okay? A coach or a trainer is not an expert in the field of physiotherapy. So if there is a constant pain in terms of your day-to-day lifestyle, like if walking hurts you, then a trainer can't help you as much you've got to see the physiotherapist if it's pain while doing a particular movement yes then having learned mobility having learned that stuff and that's something that i kind of love to be honest i always like to learn something that's slightly different from what everyone's learning i don't want to be that regular strength and conditioning coach i do i love it but when i have to go out and study i want to study something different i want to learn something new so i've been lucky to learn from some of the most amazing people kelly starred for example taught me on the mobility side and and the pain management side i've done my rehab trainer courses with ulrich larsen i've done my rft level ones with daruk these are all people i absolutely adore people i kind of look up to and kind of learn from so i've kind of made that effort to go there and study it in terms of people who come with injuries i make sure that i have a physio therapist who they can kind of speak to or wherever they are in the world they have a physiotherapist they can speak to and i can work with that physiotherapist 
right? I take the advice from the physiotherapist. I understand what needs to be done. And then I play around with it. That's my job. Once I know the diagnosis and I know exactly what's happening, I can play around with it. I can be smart about what I need to do. And that's always been the approach as far as I'm concerned. As far as anyone I train, I know some people, I, I was talking to someone a few months back and, and she said that she has a lot of knee pain and the knee pain's not gone. And she's spoken to a bunch of physiotherapists. I said, so what's the diagnosis? What happened? Right? She told me exactly what happened. I said, okay, let's forget about the knee right now. Let's work on the hip. Let's sort the hip out. It might not be the knee. We worked on a few mobility pieces for the last month, month and a half. Not me. I just sent it to her. I said, this is what I want you to do. I don't know the person at all. I said, this is what I want you to do. Uh, she reached out to me. And uh, a month later, she's come to me and said, my knee pain's gone. It's, it's also a lot of trial and error. You've got to learn. You've got to understand. You've got to be willing to listen. You're not an expert. I don't believe I'm an expert. Right? I, I learn from people. So I'm happy to take the advice of a physiotherapist or an expert in that field in terms of pain and figure out what needs to be done in conjunction with them. I'm not, oh, this is my way or the highway. It's more around, let's find the best possible solution for the person we're working with. That's more important. I want to come to your life now. I mean, all my closest friends are Parsis. I have tremendous love for your community. And uh, to quote from a dear a Parsi friend of mine, Hormaz Sorabji, Hormaz was in the law. His dad was, uh, is, you know, Attorney General of India, the great yeah. Soli Sorabji. And one fine day, he decides to go and get into cars. Of course, he's the, the number one car guy in this country now. He heads the Autocar India magazine. And, you know, Horma says that when he said he's not going to be in the law, he was painted as the black sheep of the family. <laughs> I, I, I actually, no such I thing. Know, I know Hormaz really well, by the way. Uh, oh, Hormaz, Hor, Hormaz knows me. And I was going to work with his sister, Zia Modi. has actually Zia, been, a, okay. a, been an idol of mine in the law world. I've always kind of looked up to what she's done. So uh, hats off and lots of respect for her. So I have spoken to her in the past and I've spoken to Hormaz a lot of times. And trust me, when I told my mom, I'll never forget this. I told my mom, I think I was going to kind of switch careers. And she looked at me and she said, but you're becoming partner in a month or two. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mom. I'm, I mean, she's like, but isn't that what you worked your entire life for? I was like, yeah, but it just doesn't feel right. She's like, you need to change your feelings. I was like, no, it's fine. It happens. It's just, it's just the way life kind of happens. And you no, know, hats off to my mom. She's kind of backed me. My family, my wife, I, I can't take that credit away from them. I think, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do this without my wife. I think she's kind of been my rock. She's kind of supported me throughout. So yeah, family's kind of come into it. No, I didn't. I, I had a little bit of, uh, not resistance, just are you sure you know what you're doing? And that's about it. But yeah. Yeah, but where did the calling come from? I, mean, I take it that you were always into fitness even though you were in the law when did you decide that you want to make this your lifetime pursuit was it a slow and steady thing or was it just an intuitive thing saying now <laughs> no actually you know i've been a cricketer i mean for me i always wanted to represent the country let's put it that way right for me i wanted to play for india that was my goal growing up i came from a normal average family parsi family in bombay and, and my parents didn't have businesses my mom was a lawyer my dad was a chartered accountant then became a teacher and uh, I, I remember my mom, my mom kind of sat me down when I was 16 and said, so now, you know, what are we doing? Yeah, cricket may not be a career because at that point there was no IPL. There was no money. You either made I'm it sorry to interrupt. Were you a batsman, a bowler, all-rounder? What, what, what was your special I was specialty? A batsman. I was a batsman. So, you know, she sat me down and she had a very honest conversation with me. And I said, okay, fine. Uh, maybe cricket's not, may, may not happen. So let's kind of find uh, the next best thing that I love and let's do the law. Because I was always inspired by my mom. She was my role model in that sense. My dad as well. But I just, me and numbers never got lost. So it was, it was the law for me. And uh, fitness just happened. When I was 13, I went into a gym with my friends and, and I 
been obsessed about it ever since. So I studied fitness for myself, never for anybody else. I never wanted to kind of teach anyone else. I just wanted to learn for myself. And I kept studying. This was actually eight or nine years back. I remember talking to my friends about it. And I said, you know, you know, why don't I get into the fitness space? I'm obsessed with it anyway. I'm bored of the law. I'm done with this. And they looked at me and said, are you mad? Like, you're a lawyer. Just, just stick to what you're good at, right? So I said, okay, forget it. No, not worth it. I wasn't married. Uh, I had no responsibilities. And then one fine day in 2017, I just said, you know what, this is it. Yeah. When, when, you know, when, when something, when you've worked your entire life to get to a certain place for, for a lawyer, it's being partner in a law firm. And that just doesn't bring you the happiness you thought it would. You know, it's that eureka moment. You're like, oh my God, I finally made partner. And, and when my managing partner told me that, you know what, you're up for partnership, it didn't do much for me, honestly. It just, it just, it was like, okay, so what next? Like, is this what it's supposed to be like? And uh, that's when I sat down with my family, my friends, Delna, for example. And uh, we said, okay, let's explore what you really love doing. And, and then we just never looked back. So yeah, I mean, all credit to them. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing this. That's a remarkable story. Very inspiring for a lot of uh, youngsters listening. Let's sign off with some exercise tips for people at home. I mean, you're a prime example of how you don't need heavy duty equipment to get yourself fit at home. It's very unfortunate, but it looks as though a second wave is about to hit us. A couple of days ago, we had as many cases as yeah. we had in September, perhaps even more. So yeah. I get a feeling people are going to go back even more into their houses. Just uh, some tips on, on how you can work on yourself at home. Keep moving. I tell people this all the time. We have this bad habit of sitting down on a couch in front of the TV and watching Netflix. That's our favorite thing to do or, or whatever, whatever, that TV, whatever you want to do, right? My only advice, people, is keep moving. Keep helping out at home. Help out with the household chores. That's important. Uh, you don't realize how much movement that gets into your body and then suddenly you've kind of done a ton of steps. Work with your body. You know, a lot of people start saying, oh, I can't work out if I don't go to the gym for an hour. It's not true. Start with five minutes. Just get on that mat and do something. For me, it's about doing something every single day. Do a little bit every single day. There's nothing, no magic's going to happen in one hour of working out ever in your life. You can go to a gym one hour a day or once a week, one hour. Nothing's going to happen. If you work out for 10 minutes a day at home, something as basic as even just helping out and doing some yoga and meditation Every day, 10 minutes will add up, it'll add up, it'll add up. And over a year, you've done a lot of work. So for me, it's about being better than you were the previous day. Every single day, just try and be a little better than you were. You did five squats on the first day, do 10 on the second. You did five push-ups on the first day, do 10 on the second. Small movement, small improvement. And uh, if you kind of do that and you keep yourself busy and you're smart about the way you eat, I think people underestimate the value of food. I'm not saying diet. I'm saying eat good, clean, wholesome, home food. And if you can do that, you'll be fine, right? You'll be healthy. You know, everyone's magic word when the pandemic started was immunity. I, I want to, I you know, what can I do for my immunity? Just eat good, clean food and make sure you move every single day. Your immunity will improve. There's no question about it. So I hope there is no other lockdown. I hope things kind of come and come under control and everyone kind of is more careful. I think people have become a little lax. I hope they kind of get more careful. And if that is the case, hopefully we will still be going outdoors and going to our favorite place. So Rob, are you a big fan of using props to exercise? I mean, Ellen stuff in your house for example yeah. i see a staircase behind you you know a bench in there for stretches and you know for strengthening using extension bands and things like that i use everything i use my son as a weight sometimes not that <laughs> my wife is happy about it but i use my son i use a suitcase i use my backpack which i used to take to go to work i put it i load all the stuff possible in it 
and I just kind of work out with it. Now people can buy weights before things kind of get crazy or before in the past people kind of didn't have an option. I think now people should kind of keep a set of weights at home. It's always good to have. It doesn't take up much space, but keep things at home and, and make the most of whatever you get. I've actually squatted with a chair on my back. So whatever you kind of find as, as an alternative, uh, you should. And just make the most of what you have. You'll always find an option. Are you a fan of wearable tech, uh, Sorab? I mean, count the number of steps you're doing, heart rate, monitor, things like that. I do keep a track of what's going on, but I don't obsess over it. There's a slight difference. I think people become obsessed with it and uh, that's where kind of problems start. We're like, okay, I haven't done my 10,000 steps. 10,000 steps, not as important as quality work for 20 minutes in a day. If you can do that, then okay, 10,000 steps not happen. Fine. Don't worry about it. I use it as a, as a toy. I like playing around with it, right? People who get obsessed by it shouldn't wear it that often. But yes, I do have I do have my watch. Everyone kind of has one. I wear my Whoop band as well. So, you know, the watch is great. The watch does really well for me. It helps me not only with my daily communication, but also what I kind of do and kind of track. So, can't complain about it. I like the branding. So fit. Now, it could have easily been S-O-F-I-T, but it's obviously a pun on your name, Sorab. So, whose idea was that? Was it the wife's idea? Was Delna's, yours? <laughs> Who do you think it always is the wife? The wife does it right. It was it was actually a it was actually a birthday present. We, I was sitting down with my friend, uh, well, my sister technically, Priyanka. She's Priyanka Kapadia. She was my first ever student. So she, my wife, and me, we were sitting down, and I, I, my wife had just delivered our first child, and she's like, "Now you watch me over the next one year. I'm gonna get so fit." And she's like, "Oh, you know, it kind of rhymes. Why don't we use S O H instead of S O F I T?" And you know that name just stuck, and we didn't do anything about it for a year. We didn't, we didn't even bother about it for a year. It didn't matter to us. And then suddenly when we decided that, you know, it, and Priyanka made t-shirts for me with Sofit at the back and my son's birthday and, and, and everything. And then, you know, things just happen. Like I said, the wife's always right. You just have to listen. To totally. <laughs> and you're on the right track too. Men who say the wife are right, seldom go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there you have it. It's www.sofit.com, S-O-H-F-I-T.com. Uh, fabulous job by Surab and his team personal training, individualized specialist programs, and of course, his boot camps are really, really famous. There's a lot of online and offline training. I have to say this, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. And for Thank a guy you. who normally does one or two of these every day, that's saying a lot. Uh, you know, we, we got so much covered. There's a bit of entrepreneurship in there, a bit of fitness in there, a bit of mental makeup in there. So thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wish you and the entire team at SoFit all the best. And Thank you so much. Uh, stay safe and healthy, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you.